today on CityCast Denver. What do you picture when you think of the sidewalks in your neighborhood? Are they perfectly paved, wide, spacious, and accessible? Are they historic flagstone decorating your beautifully tree-lined street? Or are they like the sidewalks in my neighborhood? Um, missing. Molly McKinley, Policy Director for Denver Streets Partnership, is probably thinking about your sidewalks right now. That's because the nonprofit focused on pedestrian accessibility has officially collected enough signatures to get the Denver Deserve Sidewalks Initiative on the ballot in November. If voters approve, the city's sidewalk situation could look a lot better in the near future. Today is Monday, August 15th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. My ride-in was pretty wonderful. I rode on 12th downhill, and it was just a pretty delightful morning out. Do you have to ride on the sidewalks, or do you stay on the street? I don't. I ride on the street. I do get yelled at to ride on the sidewalk sometimes, which is not legal in Denver. Molly McKinley, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thanks for having me this morning. Molly, tell me about the sidewalks in your neighborhood. So I live in Capitol Hill, and the sidewalks that I use almost every day go from uh, where I live in like central-ish Cap Hill to Cheeseman Park, and it's a mix of of everything. There's some concrete sidewalks that are really wide and easy to use, especially in the busy times where there are a lot of people. There's also flagstone that's really bumpy and jagged, and I've kind of talked about it like trail running on my way back from the park sometimes, where it's the kind of funny footwork to not trip. But that's not a very accessible way to make right. our city. Um, it's making light of a, a true accessibility issue. In preparing for this conversation with you, I was thinking about sidewalks that I've experienced. So I grew up in Virginia Village, which is like a 50 subdivision. And the sidewalks are consistent on every block. They're not very wide, though. They're not ADA compliant. And then I live in Barnum now, where it's like a roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. There are no sidewalks in front of my house, but my neighbor has a sidewalk. So in thinking about all these different types of sidewalks or lack of, why is Denver like this? How did we get here? Uh, That's a good question. So I was really surprised to learn when I moved to Denver just over four years ago that it's private property owners' responsibility to build and maintain sidewalks. We don't manage any other public infrastructure that way. Can you imagine if we built highways or roads with just piecemeal, it was up to people. It was like one minute you're on a really smooth paved road and the next you're driving through grass or a dirt road. It's just a really, makes for an inconsistent system that everyone uses. Um, So we're really concerned about the the piecemeal situation we have in Denver right now. 40% of sidewalks are either missing or not wide enough for someone using a wheelchair or pushing a stroller. Because it is up to the property owner. So what that means is like someone like me who owns my home would have to get the sidewalk designed to first to fit the lot that I have. I I don't, that's the other thing I'm thinking about is like in my neighborhood, sidewalks don't even match. Mm -hmm. They'll be like a 10 foot section and then grass and then a sidewalk that's like three feet closer to the street. It's just all over the place. But it makes it hard to imagine how we could tackle this problem. But I love the point that you're making, which is like streets aren't like that. So why are sidewalks like that? So how's the city dealing with this right now? Is the city dealing with it? So the city started a sidewalk 
repair program um, where they were asking, they were starting, I think, in the Capitol Hill neighborhood, um, going to homeowners and saying, you need to repair your sidewalk or you need to fill in your sidewalk where it's missing. And so folks were then, like you're just mentioning, becoming project managers for construction projects. And you could be a homeowner. I mean, right now, someone could come to your house and say, Bree, you need to build a sidewalk in front of your home. And you're a project manager. You might be paying $10,000 out of pocket for an infrastructure project that you just wouldn't pay for if it would. The city doesn't say, Bree, you need to build the stormwater or you need to do the sewer (laughs) or the street in front of your home. Like, there's a pothole. You should go out and fix that. Um, but right now, that's the case. And so there's just not a lot of accountability in the current program. And so it's made the situation where we have just total inconsistency in every neighborhood across the city. Just talking to you now, I'm thinking like, yeah, I wouldn't even know how to approach it, even if I wanted to fix it. But tell me more about this Denver Deserves Sidewalks ballot measure that that you've been working on. What's What are you doing? So under our proposal, the city would take on responsibility for building and maintaining sidewalks like we do all of our other basic infrastructure. Property owners would pay a fee that's assessed annually, like your stormwater fee. We actually based the, the ordinance a lot off of the stormwater fee. And property owners would pay that annual fee. The city would build and maintain sidewalks forever. So if you don't have a sidewalk in front of your home, the city will build it. If your sidewalk is not wide enough for someone using a wheelchair um, or another mobility device, the city will widen. And if your sidewalk is really messed up, the city will also fix it. And they'll fix sidewalks forever. I feel like Kyle Clark posted something a while back about the current sidewalk program. It would take like decades. What? No, 400 years. Oh, 400 years. When I was Centuries. having conversations during our signature <laughs> gathering, people were like, you mean 40? No, 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 400. Um, and At under the our current rate. Yeah, the current rate. Okay. And under our proposal, it would take nine years to complete the build out of the sidewalk network, which just got the, that was my favorite part of talking to people about this proposal, because you just get this wild reaction. Like, can you believe that we're really on track for something to take 400 (laughs) years? Sidewalks, it's not even something just really like visionary. It's just being able to know that you can get around the city um, easily on sidewalks. So with this, this ballot measure that folks will vote on in November, um, it means that we as uh, property owners will have to pay some, right? What about folks that are maybe struggling right now? So that's a great question. So the average property owner will pay about $9 a month okay. into this fee. So it's kind of like an insurance program. It's like we're talking about. It could be really expensive for you if the city comes and says, Bree, build your sidewalk. Um, you're then all of those things and spending thousands and thousands of dollars at once. And most people just can't afford to do that. And under our proposal, um, Denver's Nest neighborhoods, which is a neighborhood equity stabilization neighborhoods, so lower income neighborhoods, neighborhoods that haven't gotten the highest investment over time, automatically get a 20% discount in this program. So there's no application. There's no nothing burdensome. It just is automatically applied to households in those neighborhoods um, because we understand that folks are really struggling right now. Costs are high. And we really wanted to make sure when we were doing this program, it, it is so much about equity and expanding access in our community, but we also didn't want to burden communities that have been historically disinvested in. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. 
because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So you went out to gather signatures to get this on the ballot. What did people tell you? I, my, well, some of my favorite interactions that I had with people were, you know, when you see someone with a clipboard, I, I do this exact same thing. I kind of bracing myself to just say no thanks and be really polite, but just I don't want to talk right now. I'm, you know, on my way to whatever or just not in the mood. They're kind of ready to say no. And I still I said to everyone, hey, y'all, would you like to sign a petition for better sidewalks in Denver? And they'd get a little bit past me. And when sidewalks came out of my mouth, they'd turn around. And, did you say did you say sidewalks? And totally in to sign it because everyone has a story about a place in their neighborhood or a situation that they've been in where they've been inconvenienced or in a struggle with the messed up sidewalks in Denver. Yeah, I'm thinking about my friends who use wheelchairs uh, and it can be a it can be a danger. Yeah. I mean, the, the sidewalks you were describing in your neighborhood, the flagstone sidewalks, I'm thinking about when like a tree root uh-huh. comes up and pushes those uh, flagstone pieces up into like a little mountain. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a power chair, like that can knock you over. Yeah. Uh, the group Pedestrian Dignity has hosted some different walks and rolls on um, corridors in, in Denver. And I was on one in Alameda uh, back in March. Yeah. And one of the folks who's involved with them uses a power wheelchair. And there are multiple times where she got stuck and had to take a huge detour. And that's just part of her everyday life. Right. And that's just not acceptable in, in a city like Denver. So when we're looking at ballot issues and ballot things that end up on the ballot, there's like two ways to go about it. You can go to the people and collect signatures, which is really laborious and time consuming. Can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> or you can try to get someone on city council to take up your case. Why did you go the, the voters route? Because I like to do things the hard way, Brie. Um, <laughs> so this has been going on for some time, been a huge issue. We've talked with city council members over that time about moving something like this forward. And we've just always gotten the, well, this isn't the right time for that. Or there's always something that's just a little bit sexier than sidewalks that gets mm. moved forward. And we're tired of waiting. Folks are getting stuck in their wheelchairs on our sidewalks. People are getting stranded. It, it's just not acceptable. And we were, you know, we're tired of waiting. So I, I want to go back to something that you said about, you know, we wouldn't do this with with streets. We wouldn't do this with highways. Why is it my problem as a property owner and why can't the city – why do I have to pay for it? So – I hear you. <laughs> and we get that question a lot. So we think about thinking about the city's budget. So the city has a budget. It's allocated to all of the things that we all use and need as a part of our city government. And the pie is just not big enough right now to accommodate something like this. If you say, find it in the city budget, what are you willing to cut? And it's not our job, I don't think, as advocates to say, well, we should not have a fire department or we should not have some other basic city service. Like we're we're a big city. We sh- 
we can have nice things. We can have basic things, really, sure. is where sure. we're at. Like, we can have sidewalks, but we just need to expand the pie. I, I definitely feel the the pain of folks right now. Everything is expensive, but we this just has to be a priority for the city, and no one has, um, you know, and in leadership has made it a priority to expand in a significant way and create a really like sustainable, consistent fund for this. So, you know, we've expanded over over Walk Denver's work on sidewalk issues. We have made progress with the Department of Transportation and there is more funding for sidewalks and the city has made some progress over the last several years. So I don't wanna discount that, but we really need it on a big scale and we need it to be sustainable for the long term. We need to make sure that we can continue to maintain sidewalks across the city forever. I like thinking about it that way too, because it's like, this is long-term, right? right? This is not a bond measure that's yeah. going to pay for something in the moment, but 25 years from now, we're stuck in the same situation again. Exactly. So this would create a way for sidewalks to have their own funding mechanism all the time as the city grows, which we know is it's going to continue to happen. Sidewalks wear out, mm -hmm. new neighborhoods are built, and this will always be in place so that it's not a problem we're dealing with in a couple decades. Exactly. So you never get to the point of deferred maintenance where sidewalks fall into disrepair because we choose to fund something else or the economy changes or whatever it might be. So this is something that's really sustainable and we're really excited about that idea. What about someone who's like, historic preservation, Flagstone is gorgeous. What do you say to that? Uh, I have heard from those folks. <laughs> <laughs> so Flagstone is really expensive. Yes. But under our proposal, if you have Flagstone in front of your property that's just unlevel, this program will pay to re-level the area, put your fully intact Flagstone back in place. But what this program will not do is replace your really uh, cracked and falling apart flagstone. It's just, it's prohibitively expensive. And if we really just want to focus on accessibility, we wanted to make this program something that was affordable and easier for the city to manage. So that's kind of the approach that we took. Yeah. And I think, I think it's gorgeous. Sure. But in the scheme of a functioning city that is to serve its people, it would make more sense yeah. to just put in something that is truly accessible to everyone. Um, I'm trying to think of this bigger picture, like what would, what would having a complete network of sidewalks, accessible, safe sidewalks mean for Denver? I, think I, I love this question. I was thinking about this this morning, that it's so much, it's about so much more than sidewalks. Um, I see photos or in real life pictures of bus stops that don't have sidewalks connecting to them. Yeah. Um, or you'll see the the curb cuts that don't connect to anything. <laughs> the curb cuts to nowhere. To nowhere. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And what it really means is that people will have a consistent way to get around and connect to our public transit, connect to all of the amenities and services that our city already offers. But right now, there's just like a huge brick wall that's in the way because there's so much up in the air. You don't know if you're going to be able to get to a new bus stop in a community that you've never been to before or you don't it's just not easy and safe to get around. And this will just, I think, really change change the, the way that folks can get around and make it more accessible for people to use, to bike, to walk, to use transit and have more options. It's, you know, relatively predictable. If you're driving your car, you know there's going to be a street there. You probably know there's going to be parking <laughs> there because there's tons of parking in Denver. Um, but right now there's kind of a big question mark about whether you can get to a bus stop or not. 
This is blowing my mind because I'm thinking about, again, when I'm going out with my friends who use wheelchairs, a lot of times we'll call a restaurant ahead of time to see if it's accessible. But like if we were going to say walk and roll to that restaurant Mm -hmm. and it was in a neighborhood we didn't know. We may not know if we could get there. Yeah. You can't call a bus stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't call a stretch of road and be like, hi, do you have a sidewalk? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I love thinking about it that way. Is like it becomes, if we can fix our sidewalk problem, it becomes part of the built environment and it becomes one of those things that's designed and done so well that you don't think about it. Yeah. That's a, and I want that to be the case for our transit system for for everything to get around Denver. I, I don't want you to have to look at a schedule for transit. I don't want you to have to think about if there's a sidewalk where you're going. It should be easy and intuitive to have access to those things. So the people have spoken in terms of folks you got to um, sign to get this on the ballot. How do you think it's going to go in November? I'm really hopeful about the, the election. We talked with so many people. We collected over 19,000 signatures from Denver voters, had lots of good conversations with folks during that time. And it it was such a no-brainer for so many people that I'm really hoping that folks feel that way when they get their ballots this year and support Denver Deserves Sidewalks. And then we can have an amazing city nine years from now. Molly McKinley, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Food trucks are still at odds with the city of Denver after they were unfairly pushed out of Lodo on the weekends when many food trucks make most of their money. According to Westward, one food truck owner has started a petition to get the city to lift the ban. We'll have more on this issue later in the week when we discuss the history of let out and Lodo and food trucks and how crime in the area is hardly a new problem for Denver. Also, we'll bring you the best update on Casa Bonita yet. While there is still no official opening date announced, we've got some insider info from one of our favorite investigative reporters on the state of CB. So stay tuned. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Black Bart about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya! Rate the, sorry, I knew I was going to just like start laughing when I was like, whoa, just casually mention Black Bart. He is a real person in all of our minds and he has been living in a strip mall turned Mexican village for 40 years. (laughs) 